Yo, what's going on, everybody? We're back with another episode of the Give Me a Break podcast. Uh, today, we're up on Christmas break. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season and Christmas was going well. And we're up and coming on New Year's. So I wish you all a happy New Year also. Uh, today, I'm sitting here with Ben. What's up, guys? It's just Ben and I today. Uh, I'm away from the boys at school. I'm gonna. I'm trying to see if they're going to call in and we're going to ask them a couple questions, but... Uh, they haven't got back to me exactly yet, so let's just get right into this. Uh, it's been a little busy. Vikings just lost a very disappointing game to the Green Bay Packers. That was the worst. That was a uh, I, it was 20, 23 to ten finish. They missed the extra point at the last on the last touchdown to make it twenty three. The Vikings were had a plus three turnover differential. Uh, shocking. And shocking in the fact that uh, I you you have a plus three turnover differential in the first half and you're up by one. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. The first drive of your game starts on the six yard line and you kick a field goal. That's excusable once every ten times. But yeah, I wasn't as upset about that just because the fact that it's the Packers. They don't turn the ball over. They don't turn the ball over much. Like the Packers, you know they because Rodgers doesn't throw picks very often. Yeah. Um, I, and I was sitting here thinking, Packers started with the ball, obviously, for the first half. And I'm like, we just got three points and yeah. stopped them on their first drive, essentially. Like, what what so, annoys me is, since the Packers don't turn the ball over, when they do take advantage of it. So yeah. even then on the third turnover, we just went three and out and punted. So that's... That one was We'll, that one was we'll get worst. to more details later about the Vikings. But for now, let's go right over to the uh, the another big football game that's coming up here soon. Of course, this is on New Year's Day. The Gophers of Minnesota play Auburn Tigers. I don't, I'm not very hopeful. I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to be a. I think they're going to have to slug it out. Um, I think a big thing will be is if our uh, if Flele is good to go again. Um, I haven't looked at the injury report or anything. I know like he missed a couple games at the end of the year. Um, we need him back because they've got some monsters on their D line. You know, they've got uh, Derek Brown, who is the first, best. He's going to be a first hour, rounder. Right? He's probably going to be a top ten, if not a top five guy. He's a disruptor on the inside. Even though um, Flele doesn't play inside, having him at the, having well, part of it is having him at the right tackle can help a lot because all of a sudden you don't need to help out your right tackle. You don't need, you know, you can do some stuff and maybe use a move tight end to help double team Derek. And you can use your center and your guard to double team instead of having to have somebody double team on the edge. Yeah. And even in those last games, like Wisconsin and uh, even Iowa, you could tell with, I mean, Wisconsin, he was out and that's when he got hurt. That so. hurts a lot. That hurt a lot because you they've got to just tell the difference. They've got a guy that's, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, but Oh, Zach Bond, he's probably going to be an NFL player. He's probably going to be third, fourth round draft pick from what I'm hearing. Um, so when you're missing your best offensive tackle and you're facing off against an NFL caliber edge rusher, that hurts. So you think Tanner Morgan can play good enough? And uh, actually, I guess you could argue get the run game going good enough on a good defensive line to even to battle with Auburn? Because I feel like Bo Nix in the offense is going to put up a bunch of points. Bo Nix has been inconsistent to me. You know, he's okay. a true freshman. Yep. So I think if you can give him some – I think if you can get really creative and try and confuse him, try and fluster the kid, that's your best chance. What about what about Morgan? Morgan, um, again, he's a younger guy. He's not as young as him. 
Um, but what he needs to do is he needs to give Bateman and Johnson some opportunities yeah. to make plays deep down the field. We need like we need at least one big play within that first quarter, like 30, 40 plus yard pass to open up that offense. Because I think that forces them to back their linebackers out of the box if they can see that Morgan can, you know, toss it deep. And Bateman and Johnson really need – they're probably going to need to go up for a jump ball. They're probably going to need to make a tough contested catch. Well, that will – what's that? What well, makes comment? me nervous is like when we played Wisconsin, the guys that were doing the TV broadcast, I think Kurt, it was Kirk Curb Street, every time that they'd, they'd get a good pass rush or even stop the rush, they'd talk about how they – Wisconsin's great front seven was killing us. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to be part of the case with Auburn. Uh, I feel like we'll be able to move the ball a little bit more without two inches of snow on the ground, but that'll help. And the fact that we're not traveling this time, our what our two losses this year were both away games. Where are we this time? Uh, the Outback, Outback Bowl. Bowl. I don't know where that is? I think it's in like uh, it's probably in Texas or Florida, like all the other bowls. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, so what do you mean we're not traveling? Then are we already? Done? Or um, what I should say is we're not. Playing yeah, away, Tampa Bay, Tampa. So we're not playing away, is more my point. Is okay. that you know, um, there's not going to. I mean, I'm sure there'll be probably there'll be some, probably way more Auburn fans. There'll probably be more Auburn fans, but bowl games probably typically don't get also, a massive show out. The thing about me, it's not the same as going into you know Wisconsin's house. Me being nervous about this is all kind of edgy because we all know that anything can happen in the bowl game. Like yeah. last night, Louisiana Tech shut out Miami. That was embarrassing. Not a lot That's of people embarrassing for a historic program. Miami team to get shut out. I mean, they uh, were 6-6 six and six after yeah. starting out as a ranked team. I think they were top 15. To so they finished 6-7. and seven. That's just weird. I mean, man, after that, you know, last year was supposed to be their big game of, you know, Miami's back. You know, we got our swagger back. We yep. got our turnover, yeah, chain. turnover chain. We're going to, you know. We're back, baby. And then this year they were just – They're not back. Not back at all. Like, I think the funniest thing was is, you know, Miami fans are talking trash. And, like, Tennessee fans have been so down. Tennessee and Miami finished with the same overall. Tennessee managed to bounce back for a 6-6 six and six season. And Tennessee fans are celebrating their 6-6 six and six season while Miami's kind of sitting here like, ooh. So, yeah, I don't think – I don't think it's a great game from the Gophers. I think Knicks and the Auburn Tigers turn, it, turn around and they can win it. Because yeah. of the defense, though, I think yeah. that that front seven is going to be a battle for the Gophers to actually come across and try to get victorious over. I guess maybe the best hope is um, I don't. I, we need to not have a blowout. Yeah, I think that's yep. the biggest thing. I think if they get killed, you know, these this is Gophers, not good. they had this beautiful season. They had a great season overall. Nine and zero. And yeah, and then it was rough when we lost to Iowa. Yep. And then we compounded that with a loss to Wisconsin. Which was even broke, worse. Yeah, it just broke everyone's hearts those two games. And those are the two teams you want to beat every year. The yes. two teams battling for the West with us. Absolutely. And I think year. if we're to go out and lay an egg against Auburn, it's just going to be ugly. It's going to be a bad look because this is a team that's trying to establish themselves and get as some kind of recruiting name. Too. Yeah, it's a, it's a big influence on recruiting. We want to show, like, hey, we're strong. We're Minnesota. You're going to be on national stages with us. We're a national name. A terrible game against Auburn would kill us. A solid game against Auburn would be good for us. Yep. A win would just be amazing. I know Sunshine back at school, he would easily say, go for his head, go for his heart. Uh, Scott, scroll the boat, Scott Yuma. I'm going with the Auburn Tigers. What about you? You're going? Yeah, I'll take Auburn, but okay. uh, their line is at, like, Oh, seven. seven I, I, I'll take the go. I would take the go for some line, especially okay. since from what I saw, I was like, bet 
two hundred and seventy dollars something to win like a hundred. I'm like, I would take that. I guess it's just like so. Yeah, it's um, a bowl game. Anything can happen. Bowl games get wild all the time. Yeah, that's the thing about them. And like, who knows? Maybe like Derek we Brown. Could shoot maybe Derek Brown could come out and be like, I'm sitting out the game. I mean, he hasn't done that yet, but that'd be kind of wild. So yeah, uh, the Gophers. I would love to see a good close game. I'll be watching the game. I'm sure. Beyond beyond the Minnesota Golden Gophers football team, uh, a disappointing end of the season. Hopefully, yeah. they can turn around with that game. The Wolves We're not graduating many guys. Either, talk about disappointing sure. the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, the last time they won was November 27th, which is we are recording on December 27th, which is exactly a month away or a month ago. Yeah. But they won last night against the Kings in double overtime. 105 to 104 after a very low scoring uh, fourth 105 quarter. 105 points in two overtimes yeah. is kind of insane. So Gorgie Jang drops 21 and 15. Guy's a monster. He's replacing the injured Carl Anthony Towns. Of course, a 10 game losing streak doesn't help when your best player's out. Yeah. How uh, long has Cat been out? He's has been out. He hasn't been out time? every game, but okay. he's been out a lot of them. Okay. So I didn't think he was out for all of them. I think but... the past seven. But even with Cat, remember, we're not. No. We're, we're not, not fighting something. for much, but no. it looked all of a sudden we were 10 and eight and we we're like, wow, are we going to get that hit that mystery eight spot or that mystery seven spot? Yep. But nope. does not look like that anymore at all. We can't play defense no. except for last night. We played decent defense, it's but not been our calling card in a while. Covington's the only starter that I think actually can play pretty good. Defense. And then the Travion Graham does well, decent, but, and the irony with that is that Robert Covington, you say is our only starter that really plays defense. Robert Covington's also the number one guy we talk about when we talk about trading guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about um, sending him to Golden State all the time to try and get. Give me D'Lo, baby. I, I want D'Lo desperately, but and I, I would be willing to get rid of Rocco. But man, if we get rid of Rocco and we bring in D'Lo, it's like, oh man, now we're really hurting on defense, and we need Cat to step on defense. We would need Wiggins to step up on defense. Also, Wiggins is. Re- not returned completely to his form, but he's also not playing at his all-star level that he was for a little bit. I mean, I was talking about this. I think it was you and me were talking about this. Is um, Carl Anthony Towns' abilities as a center really complement Wiggins' style? Yeah. His ability to draw the big men out of the paint because he can shoot the three, and that allows a little more, you know, Wiggins Wait. loves to drive inside. Yeah, but and all of a sudden, if you don't have to worry about as a, a big body down low as much because of the fact that, you know, Cat can – hang around the three-point line, hang around, you know, further outside of the paint and be a threat to score, that does a lot for your inside game, I think. Yeah, and the thing is, is I know Ricky Rubio – I'm I'm a big Ricky Rubio guy. We all know that. What? Every, everyone in the world you? knows that. Uh, the thing about our point guards, what makes me nervous is Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get touches late in games, when even when he's playing. Right. Because they can't get on the ball because it's not an easy thing to pass to centers in the NBA with all the length of the people's arms. Ricky Rubio does that so well. And we see it when he plays with DeAndre Ayton or when he played with Rudy Gobert last year. He can get the ball to anybody at any time. And Jeff Teague can't. Right. Jarrett Culver's not even a point guard. He can't. No. So it's really – No, no. It's really actually – it's kind of obvious when you watch a Timberwolves game. Wow. We should have a point guard that can actually get a ball to a center. It's because so, Ricky was like the master of that bounce yeah, pass. Yeah. Ricky could just – that, and that's the big thing. When you've got a guy uh, center slicing inside, you want to try and get him down, that down low bounce pass that's just perfect on the money, that's the best way to get him. Is you can't lob it up to him yep. because you've got a big center trying to – And now Towns is, there too. Towns is passing well when he plays. But he is. With, this, with him being out, 
we don't really have a chance no. to beat any good teams. No, with him so being, we I beat mean, Sacramento, who's been struggling. Uh, and De'Aaron Fox is now back from injury, but he played two minutes. But Buddy healed, carried with twenty points for them. I'm just ready for Lamelo. Yeah, <laughs> Lamelo or uh, Lamelo's and Cole Lamello. Anthony. Yeah, or Cole Anthony, the son of Greg Anthony, the voice of NBA 2K. And then who's the guy? Who's the other Aussie? Or not the other Aussie, but the other. Oh, guy. RJ Hampton. Yeah, I mean, he's good. Those are three. Though I think you know if the he's Wolves like a, end up if the Wolves like end up with a top draft pick, I mean. Those are three guys playing point True, guards dude. that are studs. So if the Wolves have a top five pick again, yep. I mean, last this year at six, and then we moved up to five to get Culver. But I feel like if you gave the top five pick, you get another gener- like another star. But yeah, we'll I mean, see. and that's the nice thing is you know, um, Wiseman will probably theoretically go one. Um, if you have a top five pick, there's a decent chance that you have a shot at or one Lamello, of those three yeah. point guards. You have a shot at Mello, Anthony, or and RJ, Hampton. just because of the fact that I'd be very surprised if I, I don't know the exact draft order, but um, theoretically the Nets could be in. No, not the, the Knicks. The Knicks could be in yep. it, but they'd be. I'd be shocked if they went with a point guard. There's a few teams where you're like they probably aren't going to go point guard with their first overall pick. So yeah, honestly, I didn't think about that now, but I guess we can probably start thinking about. We're going to be getting a really good pick. Yeah. Unless if Cap And then, of course, the lottery adds in that randomness. But we also haven't seen this year's John Morant either. No. There has not been a small school guy that's taken over yet. Of course, there might not be. There's typically somebody that comes around closer to the tournament. That's the big thing about college basketball. There's almost always one of those guys that right around the tournament starts to skyrocket because, you know, people start to notice him because he balls out in his um, conference championship games. I mean, yeah. everyone knew about Ja before that, from what I, from from what all, I remember. From his dunking, yeah. Right. But there's typically a guy that he balls out in his tournament. Um, mm-hmm. They make the big dance, and he has a really great big dance, and he goes, you know, high. So the Wolves had the 10-game losing streak. I believe that that was the longest active until last night, and I think it was the longest of the year from any team. I'm not exactly sure about that, but I think it's also a safe bet. It's either top yeah. five if it wasn't. Uh, another streak. Remember when we were talking about the Wild having that 11-game point streak the last episode? Uh, that was awesome. That has now, of course, come to an end. We are four and five since then. Uh, Dumba – not sorry, not Dumba. Dubnik has been playing goalie. Uh, he had a five-goal allow against Phoenix, but we actually – or Arizona, sorry. We ended up winning that game eight to five. And then last night, or two two games ago, Alex Stalock played, and we lost six to zero to the Jets. That was rough. He had like a That's 783 gross. save percent. I'm like, oh. And being native from Duluth, native guy like, had a native guy had a goal. Neil Pionk. Yeah. Uh, future, we'll have two people from Hermantown uh, playing on that team next year, most likely if Sandberg goes. So the Jets are I mean, fun. No, Sandberg is with. He's with the Jets. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yes, yeah, sorry, absolutely. But he'll probably play AHO for me and Real. I mean. Very few guys go straight to the big league. I don't know. Dylan's dude. He right. could have done it this year. That's fair. So we'll see what, what goes on with the Wild. But they're playing good hockey. They're battling. They yeah. just shut out. Dubnik played the other night, and we shut out the Flames. Yeah. Of course, that's not a top five team, but it's a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, so Calgary with Johnny Hockey and the boys, they they look good. And, and a shutout's a shutout. I, know, no? exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Players. I mean, that puck – Bounces so weirdly, like a, just a weird bounce of a puck can cause a goal. So to be able to get a shutout and to especially place, with Dubnik 
coming back yeah, it was re- relatively recently. Only 22 so. shots on goal. Yeah. If you allow any team to only shoot 22 shots on goal, that's impressive. And what's weird is I feel like the Wilds get outshot every game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's just me, but it's like, oh, we just beat the Flint. We, of course, that game was different, but we just beat uh, the Edmonton Oilers, but yeah. we got outshot by 15. It's like, okay, so what? I'm uh, not going to lie. I haven't watched as much hockey or basketball this year as I have liked to. Um, for me, they're always just such long seasons. I, I'll always, you know, I'll tune, I'll definitely start watching it when it comes closer to, you know, I was about to say Christmas Day for NBA, but it's like, okay, well, it looks like it's time to start watching a bunch. But, you know, when you get started getting closer to playoffs, there's just so many games. It picks up. Yeah, it picks up. It gets more exciting. Um, but, but, yeah, the, I wouldn't watch the Wolves. And the schedules are so – yeah, the schedules are always so weird because you never know. Like, it's not a consistent, you know – like NFL, obviously, because they have to squeeze yeah. more games. So speaking of not watching very much, uh, it kind of seems like that's what the Twins are doing. They're watching. Uh, and speaking of the Twins, of course, I watched a ton of baseball this summer. I watched a good bit. I've always uh, watched it because at work it's always on. So it's like, and it's slow. So yeah, I watched so like many games of the Twins, and literally, I'd stay up at night when I'd have to get up at five thirty, and then. <laughs> Stay up late and watch the Twins in extra innings. And I still remember texting you back and first yep. during that, that Yankees like, game. Yeah, that Yankees game. Unbelievable couple games. But so a lot of weird things have happened in the AL Central. Uh, the Twins literally have only signed Romo to a one-year deal and Tyler Clippard, who's been pretty good, honestly. He's a really good reliever. He, he's definitely awkward and he's definitely different. Keyword, relievers. Yep, he's but I still would like that starter, and they're, it seems like they're all going, and it is so disappointing. The only yep. yeah, Ryu just went to Toronto. Yep. Kluber traded uh, to the Texas Rangers. Not that we'd get him because I doubt the Indians no. would trade him inside of division. No, but interesting move there for the Indians to get rid of Kluber. I mean, are, and they, then, are they rebuilding? I don't think so. I think they're going to try to keep winning while they rebuild. I mean, because that's they how still baseball have, goes, I guess. They still have Clevenger. They still have uh, or, uh, Bieber, who yeah. they think is very elite. And maybe they feel good about well. their farm. I haven't looked at the biggest, farm, they feel good about it. The biggest team this year by far in the Central is the Chicago White Sox. Yep. They extended Brayu right away early on. As yes, they should. In, in the school year, even like the free agency market. They get Yasmani Grandal, one of the best offensive catchers in the game. They just signed Edwin Encarnacion for DH. Wait, they, they, I missed that one. Oh, they boy. get Dallas Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez for a one-year deal. So he'll be like their four or five. But their infield will be Grandal at, at catcher. Yeah. Uh, Abreu at first, of course. Makata at third. Tim Anderson at, at short. And uh, Yolmer Sanchez at second. I'm it, still mad about Tim Anderson. This is not, this is not pretty. This this is a, It's a little scary. And their outfield... Uh, it's not as, as good as their infield, of course, but they, like you said, they have Luis Robert. They're, He'll come up this year probably. They're by far number one highest prospect. And he's the third overall prospect in all of MLB, so that should be a uh, rookie of the year watch list guy for if, sure. If he comes up right away. Yeah. yeah. Not even has to be right away because I don't know how many guys. You know, you never know who comes up right away. Like, um, it, it helps, though. The sure. Astros guy who won rookie yeah, of the year. That's true. He didn't come Your up dog. right away. He also shredded. Though. Well, that's true. Um, the only obviously, um, I'm literally just blanking names. The Mets guy, he obviously came oh, up. Pete, he played Pete the whole. Came he came up right away, player. but um, you never know with rookies. It's always weird. Rookie, uh, that's something weird about you know MLB Rookie of the Year is um, oh, yeah. you know you might have one guy that was drafted all the way back in 2016 in the race, somebody that was drafted just recently in 2018 in the race. You know, yep. 
And then like Pete Alonso is like 25 years old. Exactly. So. As a rookie, it's weird. And then like we had Bryce Harper won MVP as at 22 and Chris Bryan, his height is element or not elementary school, his youth baseball teammate, 23 years old, one rookie of the year. So like we've had that many times yeah. before too. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the AL Central with the Twins, White Sox, and of course the Indians. You, I, I'm not counting them out. Oh man, you, you are. I guess I shouldn't. I'm hating on their pitching. Also, but how much better is our pitching than theirs? It did, might need to be. Did you worse. see Detroit got both CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope? I was yeah. like, what? The That's heck? so weird. That's so weird. But I mean, Crone dropped I, off a cliff the last. Crone dropped off a cliff, and we're looking at signing. A new third baseman, obviously, and Josh Donaldson. And of course, um, Arias will play. Let's see if that ever gets done. Yeah, Arias will play somewhere around there. Um, and then we could call up some – we have some rookie options at first base too, obviously. That could maybe – we got one of the hottest bats in minor leagues, and um, we were just talking about him. Kirilov. Yeah, Alex Kirilov is one of the best bats in minor leagues. You know, people said that and he would Larnack. be the best. He's a, he was said if it wasn't for Vladdy – he would have been the best minor league bat. So, like, maybe that could be an option at first base right away. Who knows? Also, Trevor Larnack's been playing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he was on that a Team USA uh, baseball team and was hitting bombs. Uh, I feel good about our um, youth right now. I mean, I think we got a really great group with Larnack and Kirilov, and we got Brewstar and Royce. and Royce, obviously. So way too early predictions. Do you think it's a battle between the Twins and the White Sox, or do you think – and the Indians, I would include – or do you think one of them runs away with it? Um, because we ran away with it. I'd say this year we ran away with it. Cleveland but battled, but it ended up being Cleveland awesome. had all those injury issues at the end of the year. Um, I mean that could happen again, but at the same time, like I said, they just got rid of a bunch of their pitchers. Um, I'll take it as a close race. I don't think anybody will run away with it unless somebody has some kind of. And then, what are your top two teams? White Sox and Twins. Yeah, I'll take those two as my top two. Um. White Sox are so weird because, you know, they've been thought of as one of the worst teams in baseball for so long. But that typically doesn't last too long because they've been just stockpiling draft picks. They just brought in, you know, all these veteran guys. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a really smart way to do it because they got these veteran guys on just a I mean, they're year, all- couple-year deals. Um, pitchers, you can always give longer deals because you can always use more pitchers in reality, no matter their age. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Twins to win the division again. Um, I'd like to see them maybe make a trade, but yet again, if we make a trade, then we have to say goodbye probably to one of those guys that we just mentioned. We can't give up Brewstar. It's, we can't give it's, up Brewstar. It's scary. Let's not give up a future pitcher because they, we need a pitcher. That they, doesn't make any sense. They also signed Nomar Mazara, the big hitter from Texas. The, uh, the, the White Sox? The, the Rangers, yep, the White Sox. So now they actually have – this is their projected lineup. Shortstop Tim Anderson, yep. third base Mancata. Yep. Abreu batting third, Grandal batting fourth, Encarnacion at DH, and then left field Eloy Jimenez, who had a really good rookie year. Yeah, uh, he's a big bat that can also play left field. Uh, Nomar Mazara, and then center Luri Garcia, really fast guy, and then a second baseman Danny Mendick, or uh, like I said, Yolmer Sanchez. And it's almost perfect because their top prospect, obviously the number three overall prospect in everything, is an outfielder. So. Yeah. So with, I mean, he can play, I think he's, a, he might play center. I'm not super familiar with him, but if he could, that's probably their biggest need as a center fielder, wouldn't you say? So yeah, Luis Robert, they say Jeff Passan, one of the biggest MLB insiders, the Woj of the MLB. Yeah. He says Robert will be up by late April, which is very quickly that's, in the MLB. 
I mean, and there could be still be, snow on the ground, essentially, when he's coming up. He'll be leading off and playing center field very quickly, he yeah. thinks. So, I looked at him like, that looks like a center fielder to me. And, I and they have a second baseman named Magridal, who I've never heard of. That should also be coming up soon, he says. Nick, Nick Magridal. Well, we need to hope then that our top prospects start coming up soon and start producing soon because we need to keep up with these White Sox somehow. So basically, he has the same exact contract as Nelson Cruz, a one-year, $12 million deal for Encarnacion. It's a little scary. Yeah. So the the White Sox make some move. The Twins have Romo and Clippard. Uh, I would yeah. love to see a starting pitcher come. And Who's then, left? That's the thing. There's nobody left. It has there, to be a there trade this point almost. There are some T1 Walker from Arizona, people like that. It's like – we're on our second. What a joke. We're on the third or second tier now. It's, I am just so frustrated because we needed a guy that the, could. The bummer is Madison Bumgarner goes for 17 a year. We can pay that. To Arizona, too. It's yeah. just like it's not like he's going to some. You know, if you take a 17, if you're Madison Bumgarner and you take that kind of contract from a Yankees or yeah, from that's stupid. an Astros, you know, if you go and take that kind of contract from he, an actual contender you can go and win, instead yeah. of going to the Twins, it's like. That I would understand. But he goes to Arizona. I, yeah, I didn't Arizona? get it either. It's Come like the Strowman trade. I never got that either. Uh, but yeah, we could have paid that give money. We break. could have paid – yeah, give me a break. We could have paid Spend Ryu money. money. We could. That's only 16 a year for Toronto, I think. Just I understand why I we don't didn't bring in those like 20-plus million-dollar-year pitches because yes. that's a really hard signing. Like Even though we've got the money, that's always a really hard Also, the rumors sell. are – uh, Bumgarner didn't even think about AL because he likes yep. hitting and then yep. uh, he likes nice weather, of course. But when there's this many high quality pitchers in medium quality, you pitchers have to them, find you somebody. need to find somebody. Like, why can't we spend 15, 17 million? I mean, we, we went and spent all that money on Irvin a few years back. So the rumor and Irvin was, worked out really well when he was, you know, healthy. healthy. So the rumor was we were going after Bumgarner and it's like, and Ryu. So yeah. why does those, just. Why I mean, would he go to Toronto? He doesn't want to go to Toronto, I'm as sure. As people always say, you know, it almost seems like sometimes the Twins leak these like, oh, we're, we were pursuing these guys and we were going to go and try and sign these guys yeah. just to say to Twins fans, be like, look, they just chose somebody else. It's just like, we don't know what we offered them. We might have just been like lowballing them just to say, oh, we were in it. We were in it. I feel like it's so weird. We have to do it eventually. And it, I don't get it. Like, if we're going to win. In the words of Common Man, the pull that pocket, pocket protector. They got to quit it. I think, and the pocket protectors are starting to thin out. It's like Lavelle Neal is the biggest pull that pocket protector still. Like a it doesn't lot of, make much sense because the media still. That's the thing is there's too many media members that coddle the team in a lot of ways. That's really just the fans and not the media that wants to ever call up the twins. And what's really hard about it is, is since it's Minnesota, it's cold weather. We all yeah. know that, and that's not easy. And that is a. I would say that is like a. I think in in baseball, though, it's maybe the least. You know, if you're playing in basketball or football or, I mean, hockey, most hockey players are used to the cold, so that's not a factor as much. But baseball is a summer sport. They don't have to be here. They can go back home to wherever they're from. You're playing in a lot of cold, like you you said. Yeah, that's fair. In April and and then if you go to the playoffs in September – if we would have beat the Yankees or if we would have even won one game against the Yankees, I think we'd be playing in that game four. It was like 22 degrees at Oof. first pitch uh, and stuff like that. So it does – I think yeah. the weather for sure impacts baseball It shouldn't players. be as big of a factor, as like I said, in the NFL and the NBA because those guys are here and, all winter long. And I yeah. get it. You don't want to, you know. I mean, I got 
buried in this last blizzard. The blizzard was a nightmare if you were up in Duluth. Um, be glad if you weren't. Um, Thanksgiving blizzard? Yeah, that Black Friday blizzard. Um, but, you know, those guys have to deal with it all. But Twins, if you're a baseball player, Minnesota weather is nice during summer. I yeah, love Minnesota summers. Sure. You don't have to deal with it as much or by far nearly as much. So the Twins, we – there's no – I don't know. There's no words to describe it. It's, it's so frustrating because this team doesn't feel like and also we shouldn't really be surprised that we should be good enough to make playoffs still, I think. Because, I mean, we didn't take too many steps backwards at all from our really great season this year. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone was sitting there. And we're all like, we knew before even playoffs started, we need pitchers. We need pitchers. We need Berrios to step it up and be the ace that he can be all year. That's another big thing is that needs yeah, to happen finally. Yeah, he slows down coming yep. September and late August. But we've all been saying it for a while. Like, we need pitchers. We need pitchers. And doesn't where's happen. our pitchers? Nowhere. But, yeah, the Twins, they're not making moves. And that's really disappointing. One team that isn't going to be making a move this week, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, locked in at six. The sixth seed is ours. We can't go up. We can't go down. Uh, thank you to the Rams for finishing up uh, my Christmas list on Saturday. Yeah, that was nice. My last thing was a Vikings playoff berth. I bought everything else for myself, and then uh, the Vikings secured it when the Rams lost. And then two days later, we play that game against the Packers oh, that we gosh. touched on. So it was funny. My uh, friend, she's I have a friend. She's from St. Louis, and um, she's still a diehard Rams fan, even though her team left her. Her rationale has always been like she loves the players. Like she loves. Uh, She's a huge Jared Goff and Oof. Donald guy. Um, yeah, not a great year for Goff. Aaron Donald's been nice. She loves Donald. Like, she's like, yeah, that's my husband. I'm like, okay, sure, honey. Tell your boyfriend that. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Donald's like a top five oh player gosh. every year oh for my like the past five. Aaron Donald's a, like one of the best players of all time in the in in, yeah. in the NFL. The well, way the he changes The funny thing is, is like he's the D-tackle, but he doesn't look like a D-tackle at all. No. He's just like, he's not like a six-pack. That's not what a D-tackle is supposed to look like. He's massive. Um, he's but super she literally texted me as soon as that game was over, you're welcome. I'm like, thanks. Aaron Donald is unbelievable. Well, the Rams went from Super Bowl super team Bowl to, to, to the playoffs. playoffs yeah. yeah. So the Vikings locked in at six. So let's talk about that game again pretty briefly since we already touched on it. We had the Jamal Adams – yeah, Jamal Adams fumble. Why did I just – not Jamal. I know Adams. Adam Jones. Adam Jones. Jamal, Jamal Adams Williams. is the safety for the Jets. <laughs> yes, and Jamal Williams is the other running back. You just so combine like, their names. Combine their names. That was so a little weird. Jamal Williams fumbles. We get the ball to six because of an Eric Kendricks. Also, great Love tackle him. by Harrison Smith. Oh my Smith. gosh, loved it. What a tackle to force that ball out. Kendricks picks it up, takes it to the six or five yard line. Good heads up play for him also because he was on his back for a little bit and realized that he didn't get touched and jumped up. So the play calling. Uh, we get the ball at the five or six, like I said. Do we hand off to Mike Boone twice and then throw an incomplete pass? That sounds about right. That also, I, I, I started get... Mike Boone in fantasy. Yes, I'm sorry. And I had um. Did you win that league? No, I yeah. took second. My dad also. It was took a fifteen dollar buy in, so I got a sixty five dollar payout. Which oh, that's really nice. it wasn't terrible. No, it was a pretty bucks. good payout. Yeah, I, I made fifty bucks. Fifty bucks ahead. Um. And on my bench, who was it? I had not Brashard Perryman. No, no, I I started Perryman. Okay, good. Um, I can't remember. I had a running back, and if I had started him, I would have won my league. And I was absolutely oh, it was Ronald Jones for the Tampa Bay. Oh, which I almost and started. He only, had, he only had like an eleven too. 
he had an 18. Oh, he had 18. He had, so a, he he had, had a good game. Like the weird thing with Ron Jones, he was up and down yep. this year. I and I'm like, him. I had a bank. I'm like, I'm gonna bank on Mike Boone just because he's gonna get so many touches. And Ronald Jones is still sharing a backfield. So I'm like, but if I had started Ronald Jones, I would have won a good bit more money. So yeah, the the first drive, we get that field goal. Of course, you take it, but you don't you're not I was not thrilled with it. The second turnover Especially was, that, start the six. That's was an ugly throw by Aaron Rodgers, completely read by the best ball hawk in the NFC. You heard it here first, Anthony Harris. I he, can, yeah. He catches balls that he looks like a wide receiver when he's yeah. getting picks. But so he's now up to first in and tied for first in I, NFL, I laughed interceptions. Out loud at that one because Rodgers doesn't throw picks. He doesn't throw. And when he throws picks, it's typically like because one of his wide receivers, you know, tips the ball up in the mm-hmm. air, somebody gets it, or he's trying to, you know, force it downfield on a tough throw. There's very few times where you see Aaron Rodgers miss a safety or miss a linebacker and just simply make a throw like that. Like, you don't see that from Rodgers, and I was surprised. And I, I literally laughed when that happened. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It felt like at that moment, even though we had just kicked a field goal on the first turnover, at that moment it felt like, we got this. I know. Didn't it seem good? I, it seems so good. But then we get so we get the touchdown on the second drive. That's Stefan Diggs. Steph- that throw by the, Kirk. The throw that perfect. we saw a bunch last year, those perfectly thrown dimes down the field. He brought that out again. I was screaming. Was I was so That was a so gorgeous throw. Out. I mean, over the shoulder, put it right where it needed to be. It was yeah. good coverage by the corner. It's just you can't beat you can't cover a throw like that. So that was a perfect throw. We're up yep. ten to zero. Yep. It soon becomes ten to three. Yep. Ten to six. Yep. Turnover. Vikings go out three and out on another bad play calling with a couple runs where we weren't running the ball. And then that was that was the turnover because that was um that was the play where we, it was third and one and we ran that yep. weird little uh Adam Thielen sweep. Yep. That got stuffed and then we ran that play action Look. deep ball that digs that wasn't yep. even necessarily no, close. down the sideline and that wasn't even necessarily him. close. But at the same time, it was tight coverage. And I know the I think I think it was more of a throwaway. So we go three and out. We punted there. They come down, score again. Yep. And then when was the? It was in the first half. The the Philly special. Oh, what was that? We were on our 36. We were on our 36. It was third, it was third and on one. Third it was down. third and one again. Stefan Diggs. It was a perfect Philly special. Yeah. Then Stefan Diggs. So it was a complete mallard. You know, the Kirk thing that, Cousins was wide open. Yeah. He was there. Diggs just needed to hit him and he didn't. It was so disappointing. I A didn't like that play call at that moment. It's like that's a weird time to call that play, in my opinion. I see, I um, liked it. It just and Diggs missed the B, throw. I know that the play isn't designed to do this, but Diggs had so much space in to front run. of him. I know. I I sitting there like just run it, just run it. So because Kirk, you can use Kirk as a blocker. You've got so much space in front of it's you. It's like that Brett Favre. Kirk is not an athletic quarterback, so you're going to catch up to him pretty quick. To be honest, you're going to gain as many yards probably. It was like the Brett Favre when he threw it to Tracy Porter in the NFC Championship game. Just run the ball, dude. Yep. So that was another. Interesting, very, very interesting. I didn't think we'd ever see another Philly special in U.S. Bank. No, no. Um, we didn't see a Philly special. Oh, yeah, wait, Super of course, that was the Super yeah. Bowl. Sorry. So the Vikings locked in as the sixth seed. The NFC will come down to one game, basically. Yep. The 49ers versus the Seahawks. The 49ers at 12-3. and three, The Seahawks at 11-4. and four. 
just brought back Marshawn. But if the Seahawks win, they own the tiebreaker over the 49ers. Yes, Chris Carson goes down. Penny's down. They sign that giant guy. I can't even think of his name. Oh. Some running back who hasn't been great. And then Marshawn Lynch is back. Yep. So if the Seahawks win, let's – okay, here we go. We're assuming, which you can't assume in the NFL, but we're assuming that New Orleans beats the Panthers – and that Green Bay beats the Motor City Kitties in Detroit. Now, yeah. of course, it'd be awesome to see the Motor City Kitties beat up on the Packers in Week 17. It would almost be like setting, but all those the Tampa. Put Kyle Schloeder in. Wouldn't it be a little disappointing though? A week after seeing yes. the Packers beat us to watch the Lions go out and beat them, and sitting here like, why didn't we do that? Yep, it, that'd be funny. Games. That'd I be mean, funny. I don't know. I can't see. So, I mean, are the Lions even trying to win at this point? I feel no. like they're just – they're trying to cash in on their uh, Chase Young lottery ticket. They're like – they just they, – because they're in it. They're in that Chase Young area because of – Joe um, Burrow at one? Well, yeah, Joe Burrow at one, I'd say for sure, to Cincinnati. Um, and then outside of that, you're looking at um, the Giants, Redskins, Lions. They're all kind of grouped tightly together. Um, Giants won this last week, I think. Yep. Which puts the Redskins at two, but if the Redskins could win this week and the Giants win, it's like there's a lot of factors that could come into play. Uh, Lions could still get Chase Young, and I think they're still looking for that dominant edge rusher. So if we assume the Saints win and Green Bay wins, therefore in the Seattle game, if Seattle wins, the Vikings would play in Seattle. Yep. Because it would be uh, 49ers, Packers, or not sorry, 49ers. It'd be Packers, Saints, then Seattle. Yep. And then the 49ers at five to play Dallas. Yep. Actually, the, the Eagles. Sorry. Yep. And then if the 49ers win, it'd be Vikings at Saints because they'd go 49ers, Packers, Saints, which is which it is right now. Yeah. So it'd be the current standings, and then the Eagles would have to play host to the Seattle Seahawks, the, a depleted Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So neither either way. There. Either way, we have to go into a team's house that has broken our heart. The most ever. So we're, we're, we're going to miss a field goal if whenever we go. If it's a game-breaking field goal, I don't know. We're going to miss a field goal probably this week. I'm just going to say that. So the four teams that we can play. Or in two weeks, excuse me. Yeah. The 49ers somehow. I'm not sure exactly. The Seahawks, the Saints, and the Packers, with the most likely being the Seahawks and Saints. And the most likely really being the Saints. The Saints if the 49ers win. I can't imagine. I mean – I'm not trying to knock on the Seahawks at all, but their memo has been running. I mean, I guess if Marshawn comes back and's got fresh legs, but like you have to think about fresh legs versus also learning aging playbook. I'm sure it's not the same as when he was here. Possibly because it's a different offensive coordinator. So, of those four teams, who do you want to face? Who do I want to face in, in their building? Seahawks, probably. Like I said, I mean Marshawn Lynch. I mean their running game isn't what it is. Um, their wide receivers, I think, aren't spectacular. I mean, uh, DK Metcalf is having. We played them already once this year and lost, obviously. Um, but people always talk about it's always really tough to win two games in a year. You know, it's always really tough because we've got a good scouting look at their guys. Um, I think Xavier Rhodes this last week played his best game he's played in a while, in my opinion. I I think Rhodes had a pretty solid game. I like that he doesn't play every down anymore. Yeah, but I think (laughs) Rhodes. I don't think he did fine. I, there wasn't a big moment where like, oh my gosh, Rhodes, what are you doing? Also, our passing defense was actually pretty good last week. It was. It was. So the disappointment. And that's why thing, I'd rather see the Seahawks is, you know, the yeah. Saints 
have a dynamic passing offense. Pass topping Michael Thomas is going to be really tough, and they have a very good defense. Uh, please don't give me the 49ers. I think the 49ers think are the best team our, in the NFC when they're on fire. I don't think anyone on our defensive backcourt could stop Michael Thomas. No. I, I, like, even slow him down. We would need a double, and you'd have to. We need Harris. We need Harrison to have a big game, and Ant to have a big game. You would have to have Mike Hughes on him to stay with him, I think, and then you have to have a safety always on him because. And you're putting Mike Hughes. Hughes is way small. Five ten corner on a six three. Maybe you have. Maybe you stick Trey Wayne's just for speed too. Yeah, I think you put Trey Wayne's. But you have to cover him with a safety, just always. Yeah, that's got. I mean, the good news is they don't have anything. Outside of Mike Thomas, unless if Drake wants man. Well, I was going to say unless if they sign Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown is visiting the Saints today. Yeah. Um, but he might not even get to play because he's probably going on the commissioner exempt list for a bit. Good. <laughs> so if I was to answer that question, who do I want to play? If I erase my mind from week 16 like it never happened. Oh, no. I'm picking the Packers. But – since week 16 happened, and they looked so much different than what I expected, yeah. uh, I'm going with the Seahawks as well. Also, part of that is, like you said, obviously week 16 was hard picker. I think the Packers honestly are the worst team of those four teams. Me too. Honestly. But I'd rather see the Seahawks just because of the fact of, A, we just got trounced by the Packers. That was embarrassing. Like, neither team, I don't think, played especially well in reality. I would say Green Bay's defense played very well. Their yes. offense didn't, no. but we also were – Our offense, offense that was, was abysmal. So of, of our 15 games so far, we have not played the Bears yet. Correct. Our two worst games by far, and you could even throw in a third, was Green Bay, Green Bay, and the Bears. Yep. The Chiefs was a battle. Yep. Of course, we should have – we could have – we wanted to win because it was Matt Moore. Yep. But it was the Chiefs. They're a good team. It's Andy Reid play calling. Yep. Um, it's not but, the same offense, but it's still going to be an but effective like, offense. Kirk had an awful game yep. in week two against the Packers. Yep. Kirk played abysmal, you could argue, and it wasn't his fault. Even I would say it was more – It was. I mean, in I'm game not, one, it was much worse than – he was much worse than this game. Yeah, I'm not going to take – I mean, the offensive you, can't line take, didn't stop anybody. you can't take all the blame off of him because he's still the quarterback. He still needs – he still yes, missed I'm not throws taking all the blame to off hit, But the play calling was awful to me. The they didn't stop line anybody. Was terrible. So all year we've been able to stop pass rush. I feel like, except for maybe that Bears game with yeah. Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and all those guys. I guess Akeem Hicks wasn't actually in, but the they were. We know Leonard Floyd. They're all monsters. Yeah. Uh, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and uh, the Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. Yeah, that was unbelievable. They were. They just had their way with our guys. And then that one sack late in the game, Zadarius Smith. Gets up by pushing on Kirk's helmet. I was like, my girlfriend was like, that's so mean. I was like, honestly, he deserves it. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's a dick move to get up pushing a guy's head in with a helmet. Of course, there's a helmet, so he's fine. You better hope she doesn't listen to this episode. Oh, she's going to listen to it. She's going to not like this. But I told (laughs) her, and I told her this. I was like, honestly, after a game like that guy just played, he deserves to kind of do that. Of course, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't do it because it is a, macho man dick thing to do but and in the moment he doesn't he might not even realize it but then he went to the sideline and he knew it he knew he had a great game uh zadarius smith was nuts yeah no joke and the funny thing was is i very heavily criticized those packers signings signings. i heavily criticized because i'm like 
Oh, they both had very average careers, really, and they gave them too much money. And now they've come into Green Bay, and they are just... Uh, they're entering their prime. This is they're both, both doing them. amazing. And I'm like, okay, maybe I was a little off on that of one. Of course, in our game, you could argue Preston... Or, sorry, Zadarius outshined Preston, which is totally fine. Uh, but then even Kenny Clark. There's a Kenny Clark on the Chiefs, too. They're they're both... There's a Kenny Clark on the Chiefs? At least I was listening. No, it's Frank Clark on Frank the Chiefs. Frank Clark. Frank, Frank, both those Clark guys, I don't know if they're related. I don't think so. They're they're both beasting right now. They are. Chris Jones on the Chiefs, he's also nuts. Like he, that dude's insane. That guy changes games, too. Uh, but back to the like, I don't know yeah. why I'm talking about the Chiefs. Uh, if you play Seattle, yep. they've had, a, I think they're 10-1 in one-score games. Yeah. So that means they're having close games. Of course, ours was a one-score game. Right. Uh, with the with with the Vikings game versus Seattle, you we played them. They had that very interesting pick six by Anthony Harris again. That Russell. Oh Wilson, yeah, yeah, Russell yeah. Wilson slapped the ball up in the air. I forgot so, about that. He tried about, to like bat it down. He just snapped it about right as hand. bad. That was hilarious. About as bad as a play that Russell Wilson could make. We got a free touchdown out of yep. it. You could say. Um, and it was still we lost with a one score game. Yep. So take that away. Is it a two score game? Is it even worse? Well, you know, like Chris Carson really gashed us that yeah, game. Completely. Chris Carson really ripped us up. It's like if we go to Seattle, we don't have to worry about that. I mean, we have to worry about Marshawn, but we don't know what we got with Marshawn yet. Uh, yeah. So that's why I'm picking Seattle. So therefore, I want Seattle to win Week 17 because I think therefore Seattle would be the 12 and four three seed. Because Green Bay and New Orleans would be thirteen and three. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Give me Seattle. Go Seahawks. Oh, I hate to say that. Uh, the 49ers would be the the fifth seed, which yep. is unbelievable. Which would be kind of crazy. But and then all of a sudden, Philly's just sitting there looking at this like, oh yay, playoffs. So just the, go in and get smacked yep. by the 49ers, probably. So since Unless they're on a cold day because they've had some bad games. But since it's the end of the regular season, maybe we can change this in the postseason and on our Super Bowl run that we're going to make. Yeah. Uh, cough, cough. Rest everyone for the love of God this week. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. I mean, do you think we're going to? I don't think we're going to rest. I want to just because it's a Vikings thing to do. Can we just 100% rest? I'd want to see for sure rest Dalvin, obviously. Still. Don't, no, no, no. Dalvin and Madison play. better not touch the Dalvin, team. Madison. Um, Those two, I would. 100%. I would rest Rhodes. Um, yeah. I would maybe. Give Holton Hill time. The guy's a freaking yeah. stud. I would. Re- I, I think we need to rest at least a decent number of our guys. Um, we shouldn't rest any of our own. Bar, bar went down last game. You could start. Oh, yeah. We want to rest Bar for sure and start Ben Wilson. So let's. Eric Wilson. So let's get into Eric here. Wilson. No. It's Ben Gideon. Ben Gideon, Eric Wilson. But I think he's hurt too. Yeah. Uh, Let's do this. Ben and I were talking about some awards, regular season awards. Of course, they, they could change, but week, yeah. week 16, like I said, nothing it's much not going to change. It's not going to change. We're yeah. going to do a very quick, we're not going to cover them why very deeply, but MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Breakout Player of the Year, and an underrated player that no All one, these guys on the Vikings. No obviously. one besides not Vikings fans would know. Yep. So to start, let's do MVP. I have Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin. I easily. think it's the good choice. The guy's a monster. Um, I thought about Kirk for a minute, but me too. Our terrible game against Green Bay and the fact and the fact that Dalvin got hurt in that Seattle game also really cemented to me it's Dalvin. It's important. We Dalvin also have shown up. And I mean, in reality, that's been the big. I mean. What has been the big difference this year versus last year? It's been Dalvin Cook. We still haven't beaten a team over 500 
the only team that you could argue was Dallas at the time. They're now seven and eight. And that's our biggest Dalvin. That's our biggest win. So give me Dalvin. I don't think Kirk deserves an MVP without with beating nobody. Nobody good. Offensive player of the year. Dalvin. Dalvin Cook for the same exact reasons. There is a lot of things like MVP helps you win the most. Right. Offensive player of the year would get you the best stats, but I think Dalvin Cook helps us win the most. Yep. And he has the best stats and everything. Yeah. Defensive player of the year. This is where some change is going to occur. Yeah. Who do you have? I have Harrison. So you have Harrison Smith. Yeah. Harrison Smith's my all-time favorite Vikings player of all time mm-hmm. and probably favorite football player of all time. I went Eric Kendricks. I think that's fair. Eric Kendricks has been monster. He was a Pro Bowl snub again. He'll probably make it in it with the with the, all the injuries and the Super Bowl players that are going to – hopefully we won't have yeah. to play in it. But To me, with how nasty our defense is this year, and has been for a bit, um, to me it was, it was close because it's, you know – you can make a good argument for Harrison. Daniel you can Hunter. make a good argument for Daniel Hunter. You can make a good argument for Ant Harrison. You can make a good argument for Eric Kendricks. None of them are the wrong answer. No. They all provide this different thing. The only reason why I said Harrison is because um, our secondary has been kind of bad this year. He's been one of our bigger brights. Both our safeties have safeties been bigger are great. bright spots. Safeties are great. Um, and Harrison, he just brings so much to the team. You know, you see him make a sack or a big tackle for loss. Um, because of his instincts and everything in his leadership, oh MVP to me. Because of his That's instincts, a good point. he does so much for the team. So speaking of instincts, my choice was Kendricks. Because do you know what he's the best at this year? Pass defenses. Pass defense. It's insane. His whole career, he's been great at tackling. He's led our team in tackling every year he's been on the team. Yep. This year, he's the number one coverage linebacker in the entire NFL pro football focus. When he's wise. top five in passes defended. At any position, including the safeties and corners. Give me Kendricks over so many NFL linebackers. And that's not just because he's a Viking. I'd say top five Mike linebacker for sure. Top five middle? Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree. I think Bobby's I, up there. Yeah. And then a Luke. lot of those. Yeah. Keekly, of course. But then uh, I think it drops off a cliff after those two. Then you get into a lot of, well, there's people this like guy, Kendricks. This guy, you got Kendricks. And I don't think I don't. And he's so good. Yeah. Anthony Barr is not yeah. on the same level as Eric Kendricks. Not quite. They're low, they're different type of linebackers at the same time. Oh, he's good. He is. Brit, so yours was Harrison Smith. Love yep. that. Mine was Kendricks. Rookie of the year. Who do you have? Garrett Bradbury. So you have Bradbury. I put Madison. Yeah. To me, it's Bradbury just because even though he didn't have he's had a couple of rough games, I don't think he's been amazing. He hasn't been what we thought, was hoping he would be. Hopefully he will. But he's a, he's a I think overall we can say that he's that our offensive line was better this year. Very and a true. big part of that is because Garrett Bradbury manned the center and he allowed us to kick Elfline, who yet again hasn't been great. No. But Elfline's been an upgrade over at left guard than who did we have last year? I don't even know his name. Exactly. Anymore. So Bradbury coming in and he him coming in essentially upgraded two offensive line positions. Wasn't fantastic, but I think it still did a lot for that O-line. Also, and he's played every single game. Brian O'Neill, I now would say, had his worst game of his career Shh, last game. Don't don't talk about him yet. Oh don't talk about him yet. To say your rookie right, of the year. I'll, so I'll talk get about to Madison. That. My rookie of the year was Madison. It was either Madison, of course, Bradbury, and then I think it was Ole B.C. Johnson. Yeah. And you could argue B.C. just because he had to step up. But even being the number three wide receiver and the number two wide receiver in some games, yep. he still didn't do very much. No. Or Irv Smith, you could argue. And Irv Smith, I thought, but he looked honestly, really Irv Smith good. Was the second guy I thought about just because. And I think Irv Smith, it's not his fault because he didn't get the targets that he thought he no. probably could have. No. So next year, expect Irv Smith to look way more like a wide Every receiver. Every single time I see Kyle Rudolph catch a tight end screen, I think, why, why can't that? that be Irv? I know. He's 
so athletic. Same thing with CJ. I yeah. love CJ to death, but same thing. Oh, I should have put CJ for one of these. Breakout player of the year, I put Anthony Harris. Same. He's, he's my guy. Nine or three, six picks this year. Three years ago, I was I was saying Anthony Harris is such a good number three safety. And then we mm-hmm. signed George Iloka, and I was like, why are they doing that? They have Anthony Harris. Yep. And last year, he got a little playtime with Sandejo going down. And then three now, picks last year. Of course. I, I'm not surprised well, at all. Everyone went into the house, they like, well, Vikings maybe need to get another safety. I'm like, Anthony no, Harris played Anthony really, Harris really well monster. towards the end of the year. And now he's come out and gotten six picks. So he's shredding. He's got six. Not surprised at all because the best ball hawk in the NFC. Give it to me. Uh, underrated player of the year, I went Mike Hughes. I went Brian O'Neill. Okay. So because, um, yet again, you said he had his worst game of his year. He didn't give up sacks. This was He didn't know, give a sack up at all last year. Correct. And then this year, I don't think he had many until... I think this might have been his first week with us. He's been just consistent. He's a top end right tackle to me. Um, he might get moved to left at some point. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm okay. I think in today's NFL, you know, it's not the good old days of, you know, your left tackle is your premier guy. He's going to stop all those lead pass rushers. You've got lead pass rushers coming from every single direction. I think, I think the whole world would argue Riley Reef is a worse tackle than Brian O'Neill. Easily. So he should, there's your point. Nobody talks about him. There's nobody your point. O'Neal. Which is fine. Which is fine, I think. True, it's an offensive lineman. So it's like he's underrated. That's why I, I went Mike Hughes because I feel like he has a lot of great plays that he gets co- he gets coverage. Yep. Or he has a good punt return. Yeah. Or he'll His punt returning recently has been pretty bad though. True. True. He called for a lot of fair catches that he didn't need for this last game. But I'd I'm fine with fair catches. Yeah, I'm okay with those two. Uh, just don't muffin. He'll have a lot. Yes, exactly. He'll have a lot of plays where he'll. He'll cover a guy or he'll deflect a pass or he'll be in on a double coverage play. Right. And then they're always talking about the next play. Right. But like it's Mike Hughes covering an NFL wide receiver, and that guy's a 5'10, 24 year old second year player that missed this whole year because of a torn ACL. Yep. Uh, that guy's a stud. Now, is he our, what's weird? Is who's our best cornerback? Is it Trey Waynes? Yeah, I think it's Trey. And right then now. it's got to be Mike Hughes. And then it's Mike Hughes, and then it's Xavier, and then it's. Holton Hill. XYZ. Yeah. It's who knows. Also, Ben, this is the big question. Your best defensive lineman's who? Daniel, Daniel Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Me and my roommate Trey agreed on this. Who's our second best defensive lineman? There is. Feeling who you're going to say, but I'm going to go say Linval. Are so, you going to say Effetti? Thank you. Effetti like, is, a, is a dog. Effetti's been amazing. I knew I'm like, I'm looking like, like, you so, can say Effetti Lin- would deny Linval's, of course, a safe. A safe answer. Yeah. He had a good game last game. He, he, had, he stopped the rush. The one that scared me was Seattle. This is when we decided. He was awful against Seattle, yeah. clearly, because they ran all over us. Yeah. Who are the who have been the players that make your breakout plays for us in the past six weeks? Effetti. Steven Weatherly. Yeah, Steven Weatherly. Effetti and Jaleel Johnson. Of course, Hunter. I like Jaleel. But all three of those guys are our backup defensive linemen, and they're all monsters. I feel really good about that, really. I mean – um, Trey, I, love, I love Everson Griffin. I think we should cut him in the offseason. He's done. His he's career, got a lot of money. I think he's going to be done. Uh, Trey's biggest concern when we lost to the Eagles was defensive line depth. Yep. And it was abysmal, and we saw it that game. Our defensive line depth right now is nuts. Very. Everson at right end, and then Linval, and then X at their defensive tackle, whether it's Jaleel, Effetti, or the other guy I just literally said. Uh, Weatherly, Weatherly, they're all monsters. Yep. 
it's so good well, to Fetty's see. Fetty's biggest thing is when he's on the field, um, he's really, really good at the against the run game. Especially. So for my most improved, I'm, I'm changing my answer. Underrated player, I'm switching to the big three defensive lineman backups. All three of them. I love Julio coming out of Iowa too, and I think he can be a really quality. Also, Armin Watts has had some good time. Oh, he was the lineman. I noticed him too much to be honest. He had one play where he was really bad, and then the next play he made a sack, or he had a sack or a tackle for loss, and we were like, Armin Watts, baby. It was so sad. I don't remember that for some reason, but that's That would have been three weeks ago when we were home against – oh, no, when we were away against the Chargers. That Two game, weeks ago. I'm trying to remember. There was something weird about that game. Where Our defense was so good that game. I think I was working, and it was just such an ugly game that I, I was, like, watching it as I worked. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, you know, breaking it down, analyzing it, because the charts were just so depressing that game, really. So thanks for listening to this weekend of the – this week of the Give Me a Break podcast. Uh, me and Ben dove into sports a lot today. Not, yeah. mu- not much fun. No cult talk with Hunter this week, of course, since Hunter's hours away from me. We'll get back to that once we get back to school and we're on the grind. Should be uh, back to normal soon. Yep. Back to me calling in. Getting back to getting back to some fun things. But yeah, the the Vikings head into the playoffs. It's gonna be interesting to see. But yeah, besides that, twins have been disappointing. Wolves have been disappointing. The wild have been eh. So we'll see what happens. Which is there. funny because we definitely thought the wolves or, or the wild were gonna be disappointing. So for, yeah, that's actually funny, ironic. So for this week. Skull Vikings against the Lions or the the Bears and go Minnesota Golfers Skyuma Skyuma row the boat and go Golfers against the Auburn Tigers. We'll go see Seattle. how that one turns out. And yeah, I guess go Seattle. If we want to play Seattle. What is their thing? It's a fly. No, no that's fly Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> I almost said that. Like, twelfth no, twelfth man. Go twelfth man. All righty. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. Of Give me a break. Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Give Me a Break Pod and our uh, email uh, gmabpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening. And Happy we out. New Year. Happy New Year.